Well, good morning again. So we're in the final week of this series, Witness. And as we've taken time through this last month, really, we've been looking at this theme of witnessing, of this whole come and see, go and tell gospel message. And that's what we looked at back in week one. We looked at that's really what the gospel message is. It's about telling people, hey, come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done in my life. And then go and tell others. Because when you come and see what he's done in my life, he can do the same thing in yours. And then again, you can go and tell someone else. So that's kind of the whole message of, of the gospel. And in week two, we kind of looked at uh, the prisoners that are in our life. You know, each one of us has prisoners in our life. And, and you kind of think, well, I'm not sure about that. Well, remember, we were all prisoners also. We were prisoners to our sin. We were prisoners to the world or whatever it may have been before Jesus came in our life. Well, we all have people who are prisoners in our life, people who don't know Jesus, people who aren't connected to a local body of Christ. So, and they watch how we live our life. The prisoners inside the prison with Paul and Silas, when they began to worship and praise and, and pray to God at midnight, were watching what they were doing. And remember, them prisoners were probably not Christ followers. They were probably in there for some other reason. But yet Paul and Silas were in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus. So others were watching it. And, and when we walk around and we, we talk about Jesus and we put Jesus all over social media, people are watching the way that we live our lives. So how we live our life and how we live for Jesus means a lot to the people who are around us. And it also means something to us. Last week, we looked at the difference a servant makes. Um, and if you remember, we were in the story of the prodigal son. And most sermons you hear on the prodigal son talk about the prodigal son. Well, they talk about the dad or they talk about the, the older brother. But the one thing that we really talked about last week was when the youngest son had squandered everything he had. He had squandered it and went to, as a Jewish boy, was now feeding pigs. And when he was feeding pigs, when he was at the lowest point of his life, he remembered the servants that his father had. He didn't remember his father. He didn't remember his brother. He remembered the servants. And people in our lives hopefully will see us as servants because if you're a Christ follower, you are a servant of Jesus Christ. So hopefully people will see you as a servant. And today we're going to kind of put this whole thing together um, and, and to close out this series as we get ready for next week for Easter. And, and the whole theory, the whole thought of this week, it's very simple. It's three words. Pray, invite, bring. And you might be going, really, Pastor? Yeah, really. See, I believe in prayer because Jesus prayed. And man, did Jesus pray a lot. I believe in the invite because Jesus invited people. He invited every one of us into a relationship with him. And although Jesus didn't have to bring anyone because he is Jesus, I think as we do what Jesus calls us to do when we bring people to meet Jesus, by us being bringing people, we help to grow the kingdom of heaven. And remember, growing the kingdom of heaven is what we're here for. It's not about filling up this church. It's about filling the kingdom with people who are saved. 
Because that's what we're called to do. You know, too many people in too many churches get caught up with the church where we're all the body of Christ. You know, we, we may not be the same denomination. We may not have the, you know, some of the same beliefs. But when it comes down to we believe you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you will be saved, you're saved. So we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We may have a little different understanding. We may have some different rules that we may follow. But ultimately, when we look at what is the major that someone accepts Jesus to, to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, they accept Jesus, they're going to heaven, then we're brothers and sisters. We need to not get caught up on everything else. Don't get caught up on the four walls and bring people to expand the kingdom of heaven because that's what we're called to do. Now, now, through this series, you've gotten some challenges. Y'all remember the challenges that you've got texted or emailed, right? Y'all do the challenges? You don't have to answer that out loud. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to answer it out loud. I can see it by your face, but that's okay. All right, so, so if you remember the first week, the first week was probably the easiest week of challenges. All you had to do was pray. Take 10 minutes a day and pray. And while you're praying, think about who God gives you and think of five people that you know that either do not know Jesus or are not connected to a life-giving church. And then your job was during your 10-minute prayer time to include those five names. Now, probably everyone did that or some of y'all sat there and said, well, I don't know five people that don't know Jesus and don't go to church because I'm an isolated Christian. I only hang around other Christians. <laughs> okay? remember we're to be in the world not of the world and each one of us who work we go out we go someplace you go to the store shopping you probably have met or had a conversation with someone who don't know Jesus and yeah I can say that because I know 85% of people in South Florida are not connected to a local church so if they're not connected to a local church we know people who either don't know Jesus or who are not connected so that was week one. Week two was to take them out for a meal or take them for coffee. And while you were doing that, having a conversation with them, building that relationship, you'd invite them to church. And then last week it was give someone your testimony. Tell someone, come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done in my life. Because what he's done in my life, he can do in your life. And then go and tell somebody else. So then were the challenges that we had. Pretty basic. I know they're hard. They're not easy for some people to do. But we have to understand that this is what we're calling someone. This is what our calling is. Everyone who is a Christian, the basic number one call besides your gifts and talents that God has given you is to go and make disciples of all nations. So it's all of y'all's job to go, including mine, to go out and tell people about Jesus. Now, I think it's interesting because some people will say, well, pastor, you know, I've done my part. I, I, I've been here for 50 years, and, and, you know, back in 1970, I invited five people to church, so I don't need to do it no more. And, and, and then you get these people, well, pastor, you, you know, I, I used to do this, or I used to do this. You ever think Jesus asked you, what have you done for me lately? 
Because a lot of people think, well, I've done all this in the past, so I'm good. Well, that almost sounds like it's works-based, like you think you're going to get into heaven because of the works that you did. We get into heaven by the grace of God. We get into heaven by accepting Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. However, once we accept Jesus, we're supposed to do some work. We're supposed to let people know we're Christ's followers by what we do and how we live our life. So each one of us is called to continue to live our life and continue to do what Jesus has called us to do. So we're going to finish this series in the chap in uh, Luke. Cha- uh, wow, Luke, I'm in the wrong book. In John, <laughs> we're going to be in John chapter four today as we finish this off. And, and in this series, we're going to finish it off looking at a woman who had issues until she met Jesus. Kind of like us, we had issues. We were messed up, we were jacked up, but we knew we were loved. We really found out we were loved when we met Jesus. So we're going to be in John chapter 4, verses 27 through 35, looking at a woman who is just like us. She had issues. And if you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. As a reminder, it will always be up here on the screen. And if you join us for church online, let's give it up for all those on church online this morning. Hey, just a reminder, we are glad you're here. Thank you for joining us for Church Online, but do not let it replace you from getting connected. Get connected to a local church someplace. You can get connected here with us in the room or wherever you're at, but get connected with a local church where you can work on your relationship with Jesus and with others. We're glad you're here. We know some people are out of town. Some people can't make it here. We love you guys, and you're right here with us in the room. You're joining us live. Make sure you stay connected somehow. Amen? Amen. Amen. So with that, let's go ahead and read. We're going to be in John chapter 4, verses 27 through 35. And it says, Just then his disciples arrived, and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you want? Or, Why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her jar, her water jar, went into town, and told the people, Come. See a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat and you don't know that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus told them, Don't you say... There is still four months, four more months, and then comes the harvest. Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word this morning, Lord, we ask that you speak to us through your word. Lord, open up our hearts to receive what it is you want us to receive. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may your words be mine and may you be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the verses just prior to this, Jesus is with the Samaritan woman at the well. And many of us are familiar with the story. She comes out in the middle of the day, in the the heat of the day, instead of when all the other women would come out early in the morning or or dusk when it was kind of cool. And And she was coming out that time because she was messed up. She had had five husbands and she was living with someone who wasn't her current husband. She had a lot going on. 
Now, some of us may say, well, Pastor, didn't you say we were like this woman? Well, I ain't been married five times and I'm not living with someone, so, so we're not that bad. You still have sin in your life. And understand, sin is sin. Now, my sin may not be as bad as your sin, but our sin is still sin. You know, in the Old Testament, we had the, the Ten Commandments that talked about thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, and then Jesus took it to a whole new level. If you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. If you're angry with someone, you've committed murder. Some of us murdered people on the way to church in traffic. Okay? So, so yes, we are just like her. We're sinners, and we needed somebody. We need something. So she came out to the well in the middle of the day, and Jesus offers her this living water. Yeah. And, you know, explains to her that, you know, she won't need anything else. The living water is all she'll ever need. And that she'll never thirst again. And, and as we, we dig into this today, you know, I just want to go back and remind you, the whole thing about today is pray, invite, and bring. So before I really get into the message, I just want to encourage you guys. Commit to inviting five people to church this week. Two reasons. Number one, people need Jesus. Number two, next week is Easter Sunday. People will come to church on Easter. They will come on Easter, they will come on Christmas, and they will come on Mother's Day. The three biggest weekends of the year. So people are ready for an invite. All you got to do is invite them. So I just want to encourage you, over this next week, invite five people to church. Or commit to, hey, you know what, I can't get five people to come to church this Sunday but I'll work on getting five people to come to church this year. And then do me a favor. When you figure out who them five are, write down their names. And the reason I'm saying write down their names is because I'm going to ask you again to pray for them five. But take it a step further. Email me the five names of the people you're praying for so that I can pray with you. And I'll take it a step further. I'll bring that list of names into our Tuesday night prayer group, and me and the prayer warriors will pray over them five names for you this entire week, and we'll continue to pray over them each week until they come to church or have a relationship with Jesus. Commit to five. If you commit to five, I will commit to praying over each one of them names daily and commit to bringing them to Tuesday nights. Amen? Y'all ready for that? Prayer Warriors, Tuesday night. Y'all ready for that? Bring it. There you go. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do is, we're gonna, you know, as we look about this, and understand, I'm not asking you just to commit to something. Every one of us know people who don't know Jesus. Every one of us know people who aren't connected to a local church. And if you want to get people into the kingdom of heaven, you got to do your part. And the rest of today, we're going to actually give you some strategies for actually achieving this. You know, kind of how to pray, how to get support through pray, how to invite, how to become a bringer, and about the ripple effect that it causes. And if we're going to look at this, we got to look at Jesus. And the first thing we're going to see, is, and most of you know, is Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. Now understand, he didn't just pray, he prayed a lot. 
He prayed a lot. In Luke 5, verses 15 and 16, it says this, But the news about him spread even more, and large crowds would come together to hear him and be healed of their sickness. And then it ends with, Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Why did Jesus pray so much? Think about it. He's fully God. He is fully God, but yet he prayed all the time. And he prayed all the time because although he was fully God, he was still fully human. So he had to connect with the Father on everything he did. And through the prayer with his Father, getting connected with his Father, it gave him strength to continue to move on. He prayed frequently. He prayed often to make sure he always continued to to do the will of his Father. It gave him that connection. It gave him the strength to be able to move forward. And and even us as individuals, our individual time of prayer, then coming together can be very powerful. In in Acts 4.31, it says, When they had prayed, the place where they had assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Understand, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you spend with Jesus. The closer you're going to have that relationship with him because you spend time talking with him. How do you make friends? How do you you know if you're going to marry someone? You spend time with them. So if you spend time praying to Jesus, taking that time with him, taking time in his word, you're going to have a better relationship with him. Through that relationship, you're also going to get power and you're going to get the boldness because you're going to get, as you get closer to him, you're going to be able to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's going to give you that strength to be able to witness. It's going to give you that power. Prayer changes us. Prayer can change an individual situation, but prayer initially changes us. It changes you as an individual. When you get connected to God and you listen and the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do things through your prayer time, you can do amazing things. A lot of times what happens is we don't take that time. We do them 140 character or less text message prayers. Hey, God, it's me again. Here's what I need. And then we move on with our life. Take that time to earnestly pray for him. Think about, think about Peter for a second. Peter denies Jesus three times. He literally denies that he knows him. I do not know him. I was not with him. I don't, you know, denies him three times. Then tells the gospel to over 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 people. Has thousands and five thousands and all of these people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of what Peter spoke. You notice when Peter got bold, if you know the story? After he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, after the death of Jesus, after the ascension of Jesus, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he then spoke boldly. Each one of us can speak boldly about Jesus when we're filled through the Spirit. But we have to take time with him. We we have to take time with our Lord each and every day. Take that time. Jesus took time privately to pray. 
And because he took that time in private to pray, it gave him the strength, it gave him the wisdom to continue going on because yes, he was fully God, but he was still fully human. And he always took time to pray to get connected to the Father. Make sure you take time to get connected to pray. And as far as praying goes, uh, two specifics. I am a person who believes in specific prayers. You know, I'm not a general kind of prayer. I don't, you know, I'm one of them, I'm very specific. I pray by name. I pray for the person by name. I pray for whatever it is. I'm very specific in my prayers. I was very specific in my prayers when I met my bride. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was very specific. And, you know, and it was basically, God give me the chance to talk with her. And then the second was, when I go to talk to her, give me the words to say. Because believe it or not, I'm really not good at speaking in front of people. Especially one-on-one with my, with my bride when I was just like interested. I wasn't really good at that. Well, God provided a chance for us to be in the same room at the same time. And then God provided me with the words to say. And the rest you can say is history. I'm a very specific person. When I pray, I'm very specific. So, so when I say be specific, the first thing, ask God for the boldness. Ask God for boldness to witness. Ask him, God, give me the strength. Give me the boldness to go witness to people. Because a lot of us aren't bold enough to go do it on our own. So you need to ask for it. And then, like I said, pray specifically for the five people you listed. Each and every day that they would come to know Jesus, that they would get connected to a local church, but first and foremost, that he would give you the boldness to be able to witness to people. That you would be able to go up and tell someone about your Jesus. Because people need to know about your Jesus. Remember, Jesus prayed for wisdom and brokenness and everything so that he could go on the cross and die for us so that we could have our salvation through him. The night he was to be, be, the night he was to be betrayed, what did he do? He took time in the garden away from the apostles to pray. To pray. To get connected with his heavenly Father, and to do the will of the Father. To to know what he was going to go through. Now, the next thing I think we see is Jesus invited. Jesus invited this Samaritan woman in, in verses 13 and 14. It says, Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up uh, in him for eternal life. Jesus invited her into a relationship with him. Jesus has invited each one of us into a relationship with him. The Bible says every knee will bow. We're told to invite people into a relationship with Jesus. We plant seeds. We tell people about our Jesus, and and we move forward. He basically told this woman the gospel. He told her the truth. She understood how messed up her life was, and she accepted Jesus. She accepted who Jesus was, accepted 
that water that he was giving her, realizing that her life was messed up. Remember, your life was messed up too before you met Jesus. Some of y'all's life was way more messed up than others before you met Jesus. But Jesus offers that invitation. It don't matter who you are, where you're at, what you're doing in your life. He will accept you right where you are. He will expect you to change and not stay where you were. You need to move forward from there, but he will accept you right where you are. He accepted this Samaritan woman right where she was that very same day. We all know people who are going to the wrong well. We know people who are going to the wrong well inside their life. They're going to the well at noontime instead of going to the well of living water. They're going to the same place they're going to have to go over and over and over again. And some of us went to the same place over and over and over again thinking we were going to get better. And all we did is we got worse. You got people in your life doing the same thing. They're going to the wrong well and you need to point them to that well of living water. Point them to the well, point them to Jesus Christ so that they will never thirst again. Because there are many people thirsting for their next fix. There are many people searching you know, just stuck on, oh, I need to get home. I need to get on the internet because I need to look at this. Whether they're putting it on their phone or they're doing anything, just something. What is my next fix and I got to have it now? What they need is Jesus. They, they don't need that fix just like we may have had in your own life. They need Jesus. Provide them with that living water that Jesus provided this Samaritan woman. And you get that chance to say, hey, I was right where you were. I remember the day I was right where you're at. It seems like it was yesterday. It was 20 years ago, but it seems like yesterday. I remember the smell. I remember the people. I remember the sounds. And then I remember the voice of Jesus. And I met Jesus that day, and man, let me tell you what he's done in my life. Let, let, let me tell you, you see where I'm at today. I was right where you were. I was right there, rock bottom, stuck, going to the well at noon every day. I was right there. Come on, let me tell you. Come and see. Because what he did for me, he can do for you. He can do the same thing for you he did for me, so let's go. And then we can go and tell others about it. There are people in this room right now that live out that story. They live out that story every day, and they're constantly trying to point people towards the living water, trying to invite people and turn them to Jesus. And for some of us, we don't have that testimony. But what we do have is ourselves and Jesus. What I want to do is give you 10 different ways that you can actually invite somebody and, and take that time to be with them. And the first one is build a relationship with people. Build a relationship. Not on Facebook. Not on Instagram. Build a real relationship. You know that face-to-face -face kind of relationship? People are yearning for face-to-face -face relationships. After this whole pandemic of being locked up for a couple years, wearing masks, it's kind of funny when you start seeing people without masks. You're like, man, 
I actually saw the lady who cuts my hair for the first time without a mask last week when I went to get my hair cut. And I literally thought to myself, is this who normally cuts my hair? Because I hadn't seen her without a mask on. You know, people long to be face-to-face with each other. People long to have that connection. So get to know people. And I will let you know that eight out of the ten people that you know that live in your life are waiting on an invitation for church. They're waiting on an Easter invitation. Easter's coming. They're waiting on you to invite them. There are people who you've probably known for years and know that you're a Christian, you've never invited them to to church, that are probably wondering what's wrong with them, why you never invited them. Man, my life must be really messed up. Man, John ain't never invited me to church. He's there all the time. I must be messed up, man. God ain't going to forgive me if John don't forgive me. Have that relationship. Eight to ten people are waiting for you to ask them to go to church. Remember to always pray for them. Pray for everyone you come in contact with. Ask them, hey, can I pray for you? Someone starts telling you something's going on in their life. Don't just say, I'll pray for you and leave. Say, hey, let's pray. Take the time right then and pray. Because odds are you're going to get busy and not pray about it later. So you might as well take the time then. Go ahead and pray for them. Ask someone out for some coffee. Take them to coffee. Take them to brunch. This week I'm going to take someone out to get a Cuban sandwich. (laughs) Check in on Facebook when you come into church. Kevin Sugar does it every weekend he's here. Every weekend he's here, Kevin checks into church. Check into church. Gigi, every Sunday she's here, she takes pictures at church. You know, check in when you get here. People watch you on Facebook, so check in. Let them know about your church. Let them know where you're going to church. Send someone a simple text invite. You can text someone and invite them to church. Lord knows most of us text people anyways. So while you text them, just invite them to church. Hey, by the way, why don't you come to church with me? Grab some invite cards. We got real big ones back there this week. Everyone likes options, and we have options for them. Shows all three services, Friday night, Dune Deck Cafe, and here. Grab five invites and invite people to work. You know what you can also do is you can take this invite and you can pay it forward. So like if you're in line at Dunkin' Donuts and you're going through the drive-thru, you can go ahead and you can pay for the person behind you and just tell the person at the window, hey, do me a favor. Tell them I paid for them and give them this card. Because now the person's going to get up and it's going to be, oh, your stuff's already paid for and they told me to give you this card. Now they go, oh, Easter. Oh, well, that was nice. Maybe I'll go to church where these people are at. You could do it that way. Now that's not building a relationship, but it still gets an invite out there. You could go fill up every car in the Aldi parking lot with invites. Stick them in their windows. There's all different ways to do it. Get to know your neighbors. You know, you're planted where you live for a reason. Get to know your neighbors. Because unfortunately, in today's world, a lot of us don't like to get to know our neighbors. We kind of, oh, you know, oh, I ain't getting to know them. Man, they partying every weekend over there. I ain't going to get to know them. Oh, get to know your neighbors. You're planted there for a reason. Let God use you where you're at. If you got a shirt that's got the church name on it, wear it. Here's a big one. Invite someone to your life group. 
or Bible study. Of course, that does mean you have to be involved in a life group or a Bible study to invite someone to it. But invite someone. And here's why I say that. You know, life groups, them small, you know, it's a small group of people. It's not as intimidating as coming into a sanctuary. Sometimes people will come to a small group quicker than they'll come to church because it's a little more intimate. And, and I'll tell you, if you, you look at the times of the life groups we have and you say, well, I can't make any of them times, well, go ahead and create a life group and let us know and we'll let people know when your life group is and you can go ahead and lead a life group. And people can join you at a time that you're available. And it doesn't have to be a church. It can be outside of church. There's a lot of life groups and Bible studies that meet in people's homes. They meet at Dunkin' Donuts. My youth high school boys, we used to meet at Starbucks on Sunday. So you can meet anywhere with the Bible study, but invite someone into a Bible study. Invite someone to an outreach at the church. Talk about another way that people will feel a little less intimidated. Invite them to, hey, I'm going to be working the clothes closet next Saturday. Why don't you come and hang out with me while we help people who need clothes? Hey, I'm going to be working in the brown box food distribution and handing out food next Saturday. Why don't you come with me? It's a little less of an area. It's not like coming into church, even though it's a church function. It's not the same as coming into sanctuary. Because ultimately, people have to uh, belong before they believe. People have to feel like they belong before they believe. And that's exactly what we see in that Samaritan woman. Remember, Jews and Samaritans didn't talk. They weren't even supposed to, they weren't getting along with each other. Jesus made her felt like she belonged, and then she believed. People in our life need to feel like they belong in order to believe. Some of us won't even allow people to believe they belong because we keep them on the outside. And if you're keeping someone on the outside as a Christian, how are they ever going to know Jesus? And how can you say you're a Christian and you're a Christ follower if you keep people at an arm's distance? People need to belong in order to become a believer. And I think it's interesting, you know, what I really love about this story about the Samaritan woman? Jesus invited her to have living water, to never thirst again. You know what she did? Verses 28 and 29 say this. Then the woman left her water jar, went into town, and told the people, Come see. Come see a man who told me everything I have ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She was a bringer. She accepted Jesus. She accepted what it was and what she did. Man, I got to go and tell. Hey, y'all, y'all need to come and see. Come and see this man. Come and see. He radically changed her life, and she told people immediately, come and see. Now, you think about it, when we first accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it's easy for us to do that. Man, when you first accept Jesus, you're on fire. You want everyone to know. 
And then we become these lukewarm Christians. We kind of start, well, I did my part. Well, if I bring more people, someone might sit in my pew. Someone might take my parking spot. We let life get in the way and we stop bringing people to Jesus. Become a bringer. When you invite someone, offer them a ride to church. Man, I'll give you a ride. Of course, in most cases, people are going to be like, no, I ain't driving with you. Especially if they know how you drive, Mike. <laughs> so then you just tell them, hey, that's fine. I'll meet you at church. I'll meet you out in the parking lot. Meet them in the parking lot. Show them how to come through the front door. Because a lot of times new visitors walk around trying to figure out what door to go through because, man, there's a lot of doors. So meet them in the parking lot and bring them in with you. Or tell them, hey, you know what? I'm going to save you a seat. I'll be inside this where I'm at and actually save them a seat. When someone goes to sit next to you, let them know, oh, sorry, I got this seat saved. I got a couple people coming because I'm a bringer. Let them know, I'm a bringer. I got, I'm bringing people to church. They're going to sit in these seats next week. Save them a seat. And think about what are you going to bring them to? You're going to bring them to hear the gospel. Because I'm going to preach the gospel every week. Where someone spends eternity is huge. And if we don't do our part, people will spend eternity in hell. And that is real. And unfortunately, way too many churches and way too many people water that down. There are people who will spend eternity in hell because we didn't tell them about our Jesus. We expected someone else to do it. We figured someone else would do it. And meanwhile, the Lord put you where you're at for a reason and you failed to do what he called you to do. Our job is to come and see. Come and see what Jesus has done in my life. So he can do the same thing in your life so you can go and tell others. We're not to hold it. They're going to get a chance to hear the gospel, get a chance to have that living water so they never thirst again. John 4.39 says this, Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said and she, when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. And it's time to be a bringer. It's time to be a bringer and bring people to Jesus. I think it's interesting. The last part of the scripture we read today. What Jesus says in verse 32 through 35 are so relevant in today's world. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus told them, don't you say there are still four more months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they're ready for a harvest. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they were ready for for a harvest. The world is ready for a harvest. Jesus cares about details. 
You know, last week when I was up here, I, before service, I talked about the numerous calls I went on with PBSO. And that the majority of the calls I went on, with all the calls I went on, only one person had a relationship with Jesus or a local church. Well, I want to tell you, my day didn't end last Sunday till a lot later than we left church. Because at 2 o'clock last Sunday afternoon, I got another call out. I got a call out for a 55-year-old man who took his life right outside of his 23-year-old daughter's brand new townhouse. No relationship with the local church. No relationship with Jesus. Actually talking to the daughter, she said, my dad would probably find it funny if you prayed for him because he's got no belief system. People are going to spend eternity in hell because we don't do our job. You can make a difference in someone's life just by telling them about your Jesus. People need to hear, let me tell you about my Jesus. What he did for me, he can do for you. Think about what he's done for you. Think about where you were before you met Jesus and where you are today. People need to hear that. People need to know that. When's the last time you actually invited someone to church? There's people sitting in here today because someone invited them a couple weeks ago. When's the last time you actually invited someone to church? Or are you waiting for someone else to do it? Or will people be surprised when you say, oh, come to church for me. You go to church? Really? Because remember, some of us for that hour and 15 minutes we're in church, we're holier than thou. And then we leave church and you wouldn't even know we ever went to church. Because the rest of the week we're somebody else. We're in the world and we're living like the world. But we'll come in here, hey, brother and sister, how are you doing today? Be the same person that you are in church, outside of church. Because people need to know you, Jesus. Invite five people to church. Statistics actually show that three out of five people will actually come to church if they're invited. So think about this. About 55 people between in here in the sanctuary and church online. If three of the five people that every one of us invited, everyone invited five people, three to five came, that'd be 165 more people in the sanctuary next weekend. That would be 220 people here in the house. Think about that. 220 people, you're sitting there going, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. But see, what happens is we assume, well, that person will ask, or they'll ask, and then when we're all assuming someone else is going to ask and no one asks, how many people do we have in the house next week? Same amount of people as today. Unless some people happen that I didn't come on Easter and did something different. We could have 220 people in here, but more important than that, think of the 165 people that came. If they didn't know Jesus, and they came in here into the church, they heard the gospel message, and they accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. 
Talk about rejoicing in heaven. Can you imagine the party in heaven because 165 new people came to church and accepted Jesus? But it gets bigger than that. Now people see that their life has changed, and they start asking, well, what, what's different about you? Oh, well, I went to church and, and come and see what Jesus has done in my life, and he can do it for you also. Think of 165 people causing a ripple effect throughout the town of Lantana, throughout Lake Worth, throughout Palm Beach County. Simply by you saying, hey, will you come to church with me next week? Hey, I love you. Can you come to church with me next week? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let, let me tell you, come and see, this is what he's done in my life. He can do the same thing in yours. J just come and see. You know, I don't have all the answers, but you can ask the pastor, he'll answer them after service. He'll answer your questions, he'll sit there and talk to you. Just come and see. Can you imagine if we had 165 new people between here in the sanctuary, and church online. And hey, for you guys church online, don't think you get out of this. Because if you're church online, you can invite people to join you church online. You can say, hey, you don't even have to go to the building. You can just go to fbclantana.com slash live and we'll have a watch party or you can come over to my house and, and we'll watch church together or we'll get online together and we'll chat in the chat room you can still affect people through church online just like you can in this sanctuary. So church online, that challenge goes for you also. Don't think you don't have to invite. And if you need a digital invite, send me an email because I all sent you all some earlier this week if you joined church online. But let me know and I'll send you an invite. You can email to someone or text. You're not going to get away with it. <laughs> all of us can create a ripple effect. The difference in eternity is at stake for your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors. Make a difference. Make a difference. Last year, what did we end each service with? Luke 10.2, right? For a whole year, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. What did Jesus say in verse 35 at the second end? Open your eyes and look at the fields because they're ready for harvest. You're the laborers, and guess what? The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. We just need to take the steps and go into the harvest. That's what we're called to do. And maybe you're sitting here saying, well, pastor, that's really good. But I don't know Jesus. I've never met Jesus. And, and pastor, my life is too messed up. Jesus will accept you right where you are. God's word says that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. We all fall short. Even as Christ's followers, we still sin and we still fall short of the glory of God. 
So even if you don't know Jesus, you're right there with us. The only difference is we've got the relationship already. And God's word said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's when the change happens. That's when that change happens where you go from a sinner to a saint. Where, where all of a sudden your past is behind you. But then it's up, for you, up to you not to go back. It's up to you to continue to walk the path that he calls you to walk and do what he's called you to do. And maybe you're sitting here and, well, pastor, I don't know about this whole pray, invite, bring thing. Maybe you need to spend some time praying. Get connected with your Jesus again. Get connected with what he's called you to do. And if we're supposed to be like him, Shouldn't we do what he did? He prayed, so pray. Invite. He invited people into a relationship with him. Invite people to come meet him. And then bring. Because he changed your life and he can change someone else's. And everyone deserves to have their life changed. Everyone deserves a life change. Be the difference in someone's life. I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, you can come up here. I'll be standing off to the side. We'll talk about it, walk you through a prayer of salvation, and you can walk out of here today knowing you're a new creation, that you have changed. And maybe you just need to come up here and you know, Lord, it's me again. Take time in prayer. Ask for that boldness to be a witness for him. And let's fill his kingdom. Fill in the house is a byproduct of filling the kingdom. Let's fill the kingdom of heaven this week. Amen. Come up here and start praying today for the five people that God wants to bring in your life to change the world and to change the culture. Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. I raise them up to you that they will be bold. That they will come to you boldly in prayer. And that they, from going to prayer, they will boldly be a witness for you. Lord, that they will tell people to come and see what Jesus has done in their life. So they can go and tell others. And Lord, that, that we never forget our job is to fill your kingdom. Our job is to plant seeds. We may never see the harvest. But Lord, we may see a harvest that we did not plant. Where other people have planted seeds. Other people have nourished it. And we get to reap it, Lord. So Lord, keep our eyes open and focused on you and the plan that you have for our life. And Lord, may we glorify you in all that we do and make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to 
go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.